Welcome into the Invest Well Show. I'm your host, Michael Wall, as always, and hope you're having a wonderful day. Hope you had a great weekend. Hopefully, you're able to unplug. I don't know about you, but I know I was having some chocolate chip cookies <laughs> after the weekend. My wife was making chocolate chip cookies for our new neighbor that just moved in. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna test one of these, maybe another one and another one. And then finally, my wife says, would you stop? These aren't for you. I'll probably, you probably never heard of that before. I don't know. But it's so important in life that we take time to unplug. You know, you've heard me say a lot, if you listen to my other show, The Michael Wall Show, talking about life and just getting your mind right and motivation and success and all these other things, just the importance of unplugging. It's so crucial, especially when it comes to your investments. You know, we want to make sure that when we are making decisions on how we invest and where we invest and what we do, that we do it with a sound mind. Obviously, there is no perfection in the investment space, right? But there is the idea of making sound decisions backed up by research and quality thinking. So I want to take a minute today on this show, and I want to talk to you about the idea of if our economy, the U.S. economy, is actually disconnected or if there's any correlation anymore, really, with the stock market. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, the stock market's up and it doesn't represent our economy. And some people say, well, it does represent our economy because we have 401ks and 403bs and all of these things that are good things for the working class out there in the U.S. So I want to talk a little bit today about that. And I think it'll help you understand, you know, maybe the metrics of what we need to really be looking at when we invest our monies and why some of the things that we do are important. As always, I like to press pause and say thank you to the sponsors of the show. Those are uh, the companies that I actually, a uh, little self-proclaimed plug, I guess, here. Wall Private Wealth, U.S. Private Wealth, Wall Lehman, all companies designed to help families really protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth, as well as business coaching, executive coaching, talent management, etc. So you got questions on those types of things. You got questions about that. We got a great team over there. All you need to do is head over to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. And there's a lot of content there. By the way, a lot of Forbes articles that I've written, uh, a lot of the clips from media interviews nationally that I've been on, other podcasts, other little educational videos. We've done some TED Talk style videos that are available as well. And if you didn't get it from the last podcast, we actually did a, I did a video. I did several of them. Actually, I did seven uh, almost TED Talk style videos, and one of them was called the Efficient Portfolio why and how, and I kind of, it's in a more elongated version, if you will. So if you want that, if you miss that, make sure you send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at leanonthewall.com, info, I-N-F-O, at leanonthewall.com, and just say, hey, I want that video on efficient portfolio, <laughs> and our team will get it to you. So let's talk about the Dow and whether or not it is connected, correlated, dialed in with the actual economy itself. And I want to start out here with a clip, actually, from a gentleman. I thought this was interesting. Scott Galloway is a professor at the New York University Stern School of Business, and he's talking about the danger of the Dow and some of his thoughts on maybe why we can't trust it as a gauge in our country anymore. Let's take a minute and listen to this. I would argue that the Dow is one of the most dangerous numbers ever manufactured because it creates this delusion of prosperity and that all is fine. If you were to say, how is the health of the Commonwealth, the health of our populace, the health of the economy, uh, you wouldn't guess that the Dow is at an all-time high. So unfortunately, I think this index has gone from something that 
represents America, which it does not, and people will portray it as, as something that's really just a proxy on the economic well-being of the top 10%. And spoiler alert, they're killing it. But it is totally disarticulated from the underlying economy or the health of our nation. So isn't that interesting, his perspective, you know, as far as disconnected now? You know, there was another interview that I heard, and I was reading some other things, talking about how the fundamentals and a lot of these other analysis metrics that we've used in the past. You know, I remember... There was about a six-year period where I commentated nationally for media, CNBC, Fox, Bloomberg, and it was really important for me to be in the know, if you will, with a lot of the different things that are happening out there, the metrics that are happening out there. Now, obviously, I still need to be paying attention, leading our firm and our team, and we have some portfolio managers that assist in research and things as well in addition to me. But the point is, you know, one of the things that we could always tie something to is there were metrics when we would see movement in the Dow that we could kind of tie it to. And today, we're in a place where a lot of the fundamentals, I mean, if you look at what happened last year, just in 2020, right, COVID hits, we have major shutdowns. We've never seen that in the history of the country. We had businesses that were not able to operate. We had businesses for months (laughs) that were not able to operate. And then the businesses, some of the businesses in some states, when they open back up, they're open up at 25% capacity and all these other things. Just not enough revenue to be made there for those companies to really self-sustain, right? And for a lot of them, they didn't even open back up because they're like, you know what, 25% capacity is not even enough to make it worthwhile. So we had all of this occurring, and yet the Dow, it obviously drops in March, but then it rocketed back in the rest of the year. And so what's really interesting is we're seeing that the Dow is following the infusion in a lot of ways of money and the fusion of capital. And that's one of the things that is is going to be quite interesting as we look at this new administration moving in this year and how all these things play out, is there's still a heavy desire for infusion of capital from the Fed. Now, this obviously creates a lot of challenges because, you know, it really carves the path for hyperinflation in a lot of ways. So my first side tip that I would suggest is just a suggestion to many of you out there. If you are in a place where you are not focused on paying your debt down, if you have debt, I would highly recommend that you do that. You know, the Bible talks about that in the end days, the last days, that a loaf of bread will cost as much as a day's wages. And when we take a look at some of the things happening and the money being printed, of course, nobody's got a timetable or a a time machine to know where in the future this all lands. But what we do know is that when you are printing money to the degree that you are, it's just the old law of supply and demand, right? And you're pumping more and more bills, quote unquote, into the economy, you're creating an opportunity for hyperinflation. So I believe that's one thing we need to look at. The other thing is, I was just reading here, there's been several reports, and there's one here actually from MarketWatch as of January 14th, 2021, that says jobless claims surge to five-month high. Basically, it's 965,000 to 965,000 as winter coronavirus surge hits businesses. So this is really important. You know, when we take a look at what's happening with the Dow and where the Dow goes, now I know Biden's talking about a, you know, another 1.7, 1.9, whatever the number ends up being, trillion dollars of stimulus into the economy. First off, that's not all into the American economy. So that's the first thing we need to understand. But what we do know is, is the Dow seems to be responding very favorably to stimulus. And that's what we saw as, you know, Trump infused stimulus into the economy. We've seen the PPP checks that came out to small businesses. 
We saw checks that went out to a lot of other individuals in general that qualified for them. And so we saw that that kind of stimulus continued to, we'll call it, prop up the economy. Now, what does that mean as far as investing for you? What does that look like? Does that mean, well, we should just write the Dow off because, you know, there's real issues systemically in our economy and we shouldn't stay plugged in? Well, no, I think there is a disconnect. I think that's number one, right? And you've probably seen that before, even in your own portfolio, if you traded in the past where you may have owned a company and you owned a particular stock and you found that that stock value ends up going down because some news of the day comes out or something like that. But the company itself actually was profitable and was making money, even though your stock fell. Maybe not forever, but for a period of time. So sometimes there is uncorrelation that way. But in relation to what's happening with our overall economy, we see that a lot of restaurants in America have now closed for good. We see that a lot of cities, a lot of towns, a lot of areas are going to really struggle long term to come back from this. And yet we see the Dow still kind of pushing new highs. We see, you know, a new administration with Biden. You know, his desire is certainly higher taxes, right? He wants to raise corporate taxes. He wants to raise income taxes. He wants to raise capital gains taxes. These are all things on the plate. And, and the reason that that matters is because then there's less money, basically, at the end of the day to infuse back into growth and business. There's another little side note. <laughs> that I would challenge you that if you are not taking advantage of of looking forward and really analyzing your tax structure, not just on your income, you might say, I have a CPA, Mike, and they help me with taxes and things like that. And that's wonderful. That's a wonderful thing. And by the way, just because you have a CPA doesn't mean they're the best in the world. Maybe they're wonderful. I don't know. But it's always good to get a second lens on that stuff, too. We got a great team great referral network team that we connect with. If you have questions there, we can help you. But I think the big thing is you got to be thinking about your portfolio, especially if you're in a place where you have a lot of monies in IRA and 401k, 403b type accounts. Now, even if you don't have monies in those accounts, and you have monies in other type of accounts, just regular investment accounts, also something you need to be thinking about. Because obviously money that is non-qualified or non-IRA type money when it earns profit, it's going to be taxed at capital gains rates. Okay, and Biden, the administration has already said he wants to increase those rates, you know, up into the 40s potentially. So this is a huge thing that you got to be looking at. This is a little side trail on the conversation. And if you are not focused on not just how to protect your wealth, grow your wealth, but also reduce taxes on your wealth, you're missing out on, and in my opinion, a big piece of what you need to be looking at as you build wealth, sustain and keep wealth, and then even transfer wealth down the road. So you get a question about that, really having a well-rounded eye on your portfolio, really now's a great time to reach out to folks and get some guidance on that. If you don't know where to go, I, I want to happily provide you with info on our team, which you can either go to leanonthewall.com, again, leanonthewall.com, or you can go to info at leanonthewall.com. Just say I got a question about taxes on my portfolio or you know protection or whatever your question is. But in relation to correlation, you know, I, I do believe that this is something that we have to look at because now when it comes to investing in a portfolio long term, I think this really makes the case. If you've been listening to this show for some time, you know that I have talked for a, quite a while, and this has been my mantra for years. Uh, in fact, even back in the mid-2000s is when I started doing research really around the Harvard and Yale endowment models and what made them so successful. 
And one of the things that made those so successful, and particularly Yale, is their appetite and their willingness to invest in alternative-type investment structures, alternative meaning off-the-market, off-the-stock-market-type structures, whether it be real estate or private equity-type structures or other things like that. And so we started to adopt the philosophy of that, and I think this really makes the case with all of these things and the disconnect with correlation with markets and the actual economy of why we need to be looking at things really introspectively and saying, how can we find opportunity and how can we look at the, the appetite that does exist out there in ways that maybe we didn't look at it before? Remember this, anytime that things change, anytime we have major shift, right, whether it's economic shift, demographic shift, political shift, there is typically always opportunity that arises. So don't forget that. This isn't like a Ned negative. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Let's batten down the hatches. No, yeah, I mean, there could be some real challenging times come. I believe that could be the case. But anytime an opportunity arises, there's opportunity that exists. Here's a quick example. You know, a lot of people have been real negative over the years. Now people are warming more up to it now. But people have been a real negative over the years on Bitcoin, right? Cryptocurrencies, a lot of times because people don't really understand it. Now, I personally have traded crypto for some time, and I own a variety of coins myself. And I'm a believer that it's not going anywhere. I think now, especially that we have ETFs that will give access to institutional monies investing into that, and obviously concern about the value of the dollar and whether there's going to be different things happening there, it creates a demand in some ways. But if you think about this for a minute, now, I didn't do this, truth be told, or, you know, the real answer, I, I didn't start investing in crypto until, you know, uh, about a year, year and a half ago, personally. But if you think about this, back in 2010, for the risk takers out there, now, this may not be you, maybe it is, I don't know. But for the risk takers out there, and you got to define this based on what month it was and what the actual value was. So I'm just going to give you a general range, and you can go back and do your own research because there's calculators out there and you can do it on your own, Okay. But if you actually invested $1,000 in Bitcoin, $1,000 in Bitcoin in 2010, you said, I'm going to take the risk. It's out here. It's new, whatever. I'm going to invest in it. If you invested 1000 bucks in Bitcoin in 2010, and then you did not invest one more dollar at all, do you realize that somewhere around the end of 2020, as I was doing the calculations, maybe it was in the third quarter of 2020, and again, you can go do the calculator yourself and see see different times. Just, just Google search Bitcoin rate of return calculator and you'll find it. Do you realize that $1,000 invested in Bitcoin with no additional investment from 2010 until basically the third quarter of 2020, that $1,000 would be worth, wait for it, $78 million. Think about that. $1,000 invested in Bitcoin in 2010 and the end of 2020 would be worth $78 million. Now, that's serious return, right? Now, many people obviously did not participate in that. I understand that. All I'm saying is this. By the way, I'm not saying go invest a bunch of money in Bitcoin. You're going to make $78 million on $1,000. i am not saying that either. What I am saying is that anytime there's a new challenge or change, things typically come out, and those things typically come out, they create new opportunity. That's what I'm saying. So I think we got to think differently. 
The other thing that you have to look at is, and I, I talk about this a lot with the families that we serve, Wall Private Wealth, U.S. Private Wealth, Wall Lehman, you know, our company's helping families protect, grow, reduce taxes on their wealth. We talk a lot about the idea of a solid financial house. Now, I like to keep it simple. I'm a pretty simple guy. You know, I could eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and just be fine. Now, I like to go to nice restaurants and stuff too, but I can do that and just be fine. As long as the peanut butter has peanuts in it. I like the real chunky peanut butter. I don't know about you, but that's for me. And I like to have strawberry jelly, jam, jelly, whatever you call it. I like strawberry, all right? Don't give me the grape stuff. I want strawberry. That's that's just my take, all right? <laughs> but I think when we talk about the financial house, right, it's really the idea of keeping it simple. It's like anytime you build a house, everybody knows there's a foundation, right? And you got to have a solid foundation. You got to think about you don't just show up on a piece of land and be like, you know what, let's pour some cement over here, over here, over here. Let's put some forms around and let's just pour some cement. And then the guys that are pouring your foundation are like, well, can you show me the plans for the house? How big is the house going to be? And you're like, you know what, we haven't really figured that out yet. But I think if you just pour some cement around, you know, and make it a decent size, it'll be good enough. And we'll just build on that and it'll all kind of just work. Well, that's the dumbest thing in the world. That's not what you do, right? You have an architect design a plan. You got engineers design structure, holding you know things to make sure that your your foundation is going to hold whatever you're building. I remember Zig Ziglar saying a lot in the past that if you go to any major city in the world today, and if you look where they were building a big building, right, you could go and literally look at the depth of the hole that they dug in the ground as an engineer, and that would give you an idea of how tall the building's going to be. They know based on what the foundation looks like, because they know it's necessary to hold it. I have a good buddy of mine, Andrew Siami. He's actually a builder down here in Palm Beach, and his, his dad, his father, owns a company by the name of Siami Construction in New York. They're wonderful builders. I mean, they've done – the shed is one of the buildings they did up there, $320 million project. They've done multiple other projects in New York City right there in the Equinox building on 14 Wall Street. And, you know, same thing. They do big, big, big stuff. And I've seen some of those things beforehand. It's amazing. You know what they're going to build. So when you look at your portfolio, you know, one of the things that you have to compartmentalize is, okay, maybe I want to take some crazy risk, like the Bitcoin thing. You know, you could have lost all your money, right? It could happen. Like investments, the way it is, you lose all your money. It's part of the deal. There's different types of risk when you look at investments. But you have to formulate and think through how much risk and how much appetite for risk do I really have, especially going back to what we talked about with the Dow, being connected or disconnected with the overall economy. Because whether you are bullish on the U.S. economy with this new administration or whether you're bearish on the U.S. economy, it may not necessarily fully dictate where the market goes in the near term, especially if there's a ton of stimulus. So what do you do? Well, you build a solid financial house. You think about how much of your wealth you want to have in the foundation, which are areas where you're not going to go get crazy in return. You may only average, you know, four to seven, four to eight percent over time in the different products that are, you're in there. But you're gonna you're gonna protect what you have. You're gonna grow it reasonably. You're gonna you're gonna maintain, and when you make gain, you're gonna lock it in. You're gonna have the opportunity to do those kinds of things. Nothing like that. You're gonna tell your friends about. Hey, guess how much I made this year? But you're building a foundation. Just like when you build a foundation of a house, you're not going to take your, your friends and be like, hey, you know what? I know you're coming in and checking out the kitchen. I just want to show you the foundation real quick. It's amazing, the block work that these guys did. How often does that happen? <laughs> Never, right? But it's important because you're not going to be able to stand strong in the kitchen or upstairs or wherever if you don't have a solid foundation. 
So thinking about how much of your money you need to have, your wealth you need to have in a foundation, in my opinion, matters. And then you have the walls, right? And that's really where you're in a place where you are taking calculated risk. That might be stock market. That might be real estate. That might be private equity, you know, buying into private companies. That might be other things like that. And that's in the walls. You're taking calculated risk. You are paying attention to what happens. And obviously, you're trying to achieve much greater return than in the foundation. But you're not in a place where you're ever going to, quote unquote, blow yourself up in the portfolio wise, hopefully, right? And then you're in the roof. Well, that's where you're taking crazy risk. That's where you're saying, hey, you know, and I, I can shoot for the fences on this one. I'm going to go for a home run. I remember, you know, the statistics came out, obviously, years ago. Babe Ruth had oftentimes more strikeouts than many other people that were in the league in that time. But guess what he also had? More home runs. Big risk, big reward. So when you take a look at the roof in your investment structure, that's where you're investing into things that have potential for crazy return. But you're in a place where you could also lose a lot of the money as well. Now, I say all this, and hopefully this resonates, because again, as you're taking a look at what's happening with the correlation of the stock market and our economy, this should be a huge wake-up call more than ever to say, now is the time I got to think differently. If you have some wealth, it is your responsibility, if you want to be a good steward of it, to really make sure that you compartmentalize the monies and not be greedy. Greed is one of the biggest reasons people blow themselves up financially. One of the biggest reasons people lose a lot of the money that they have because they get too greedy. Oh, I did well here. I did well here. I did well here. I did well here. I heard someone say one time, you know, about learning from other people. And the reason other people have had experience is because they've had failures. When you have failures, you, you learn. You know, it's the old, the old saying that we've heard before. You don't win or lose. You win or learn. <laughs> and it's so true. So when you really think about what you're doing with your wealth, I, th- I think it's crucial to make sure that you're building that solid foundation. Now, it just so happens, for you, the listeners, we did another TED Talk-style video, and uh, I actually went into a little bit more in-depth talking about building a solid financial house. This little gift to us, to you, I would love to get that to you. All you need to do in order to get it, it's about 10 minutes long. I think you're going to love it. We shot it in Atlanta in a studio down there, did some work on the whiteboard and some other things from stage and shared this that I think you're going to really enjoy. All you need to do is send an email to info at leanonthewall.com, or if you would rather, and you don't want to send an email, just send a text. Text the word wall, W-A-L-L, to the number 22828. So 22828, text that number, 22828, text the word wall in the, in the message line, And we'll be sure and get you that video, Building a Solid Financial House. And as always, if you have questions on your personal situation, leanonthewall.com, reach out there. Listen, I don't always reference these types of things like, hey, reach out to us, that kind of thing on the show. If you've listened to past shows, I do it from time to time, but not all the time about reaching out to our team. But for right now, there's just been a lot of people out there that have been asking me a lot of questions, whether it be on social media or other things. And I want to present you with the opportunity to be able to get how to get information to help you make better decisions with your wealth. That's one of the reasons that I wanted to share that with you so you can make wise choices 
along the way. Well, listen, as always, you know two or three or four or five, maybe 10, 15 people, I don't know, in your Rolodex right now that are fearful. They're fearful about the new administration coming in. They're fearful about what's going to happen with taxes. They're fearful about their investments, their wealth, their retirement accounts. They don't know what to do. I guarantee you, if you know more than one person, that more than one person has questions about their investments. Do them a favor and take a minute and share this show with them. Just say, listen, you need to take a listen to this. It helped me think a little bit differently. I think it'll help you think a little bit differently. And it's going to help you reframe your brain on what you should be doing with your wealth and it's going to make a big, big difference. As always, our goal and desire is to help you live on purpose so you can live with purpose. And listen, here is to the next show, next time we connect, next time we talk. Don't miss that Financial House video, by the way, really good. Text the word WALL to the number 22828. Love to get that out to you. Have a blessed one, and we'll talk to you all soon. Any client experiences discussed during this show are unique to that client. They are not meant to imply or suggest you will experience the same results. By contacting us, we'll review aspects for your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of U.S. Private Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Wall is licensed in your state, please contact his office. Wall Private Wealth Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael Wall, NPN license number 733 0010.